welcome to episode 25. We've been keeping it in our pockets for a while. <laughs> Have we? Episode 25 of our Brooklyn Bites. I'm Leon. I'm Stephanie. And we're here to talk about uh, games and such. Yeah. Um, so I guess we've, we missed a week because of uh, various uh, biological interference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been... Under the weather for at least seven days now. Yeah, we broke the streak. So I'm still, I, I, yeah, I was out of it last weekend. That's okay. And I'm still, I mean, you guys are going to have to put up with my nasal congestion <laughs> and coughing and everything else. We haven't gotten our robotic bodies yet. No. So we still have to suffer with occasional organic malfunctions. So we'll, uh, we'll make do. <laughs> um,. So I guess I'll start off with uh, some gaming, right? Some some games I've been playing. Okay, you have two weeks of games to play. How did you play? I've really just been playing one game, to be honest. Really? Well, yeah, for most part, not including silly silly games that are not that are barely games. <laughs> um, Card battler games, <laughs> perhaps. Okay, what game did you play? Um, I've been playing <clears throat> the new Unreal Tournament. That's been released for PC. The Unreal Tournament. There's a new Unreal Tournament? There really is. There is a version of the game that's in pre-alpha at the moment. So it's, it's uh. literally called the Unreal Tournament pre-alpha. Um, which means it's just still under active development. But it's a fully playable game. There's really you know, not, not, not much in there that, um, that you can't do. I mean, there's even some recreations of, uh, of classic Unreal Tournament maps. And... Um, Full set of weapons, full set of uh, online play. You can get in and browse for servers and jump into games and really play the game in, like, no time flat. I mean, you know, from the time you launch it to the time you get in a, ga- in a match, it's, like, pretty quick. Less than, less than a Wasn't minute. Isn't that how the original was, too? A lot like it, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I, mean I, I used to play the original 2001 version, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I don't know if I was on broadband yet or not when mm-hmm. I would use that. I had just gotten mine. Just gotten broadband. Maybe it was the same for me. I then. mean, well, if I remember right, I probably first got my first DSL probably ninety eight, ninety nine, somewhere around that time. I mean, that's when Unreal Tournament first came out for PC ninety nine. Yeah. But by the time it got ported to other stuff, um, consoles and such, yeah, it was probably closer to two thousand one. So that's probably what you're remembering. Yeah, that's probably it. Mm-hmm. I played it on the Mac, so hmm. it had to be the next version, maybe. Oh, okay. So that's kind of the PC. I would say that's... I think that was out at the same time. Same as the time? PC. Was it? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Around, the, around there. Um, but, yeah. I mean, this new game, it's it's got that classic Unreal Tournament 99 feel to it. Is it the same one that I saw the videos of when we were watching yeah. demo videos? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I feel like... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've I've started to play it. I don't I don't quite feel as comfortable. I don't I don't feel as comfortable as I do remembering what I used to pl- play. Like, I mean, I used to be able to jump into that game and just dominate very easily. And now, fifteen years later, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe my reflexes aren't as good as they used to be. I could uh-huh. I could feel myself not being like being a little too slow, maybe for the game. Wow, really? It's a very twitchy game. I mean. I don't know. I think. I think. Um, well, these, I think yeah. I, I, I think you you kind of lose sight of how fast some of these games used to be with with the popularity of games like Halo and Call of Duty and 
all these other like console style shooters that are designed to be played with a gamepad. I think that slowed the genre way down because mm. you don't have that fast analog control that you're used to with a mouse. Um, even the ones that have come out for PC, I think they've, you know, they've they've gotten similar to their console counterparts. Like Titanfall, even that's slow. Uh, Titanfall had a little bit of that flavor, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah, especially on PC. I don't know how it was on Xbox One, but um, I, I I can feel that basically having the there's a there's a dodge key right where whichever direction you're moving and if you press it you kind of jump uh-huh so i think having that dodge key is really like like working that into your routine while you're playing the game is really important because, that wasn't in the original was it um i felt like i used to do it in the original by just double tapping a direction like oh, if maybe. i wanted if i wanted to dodge to the left i would just double tap left and it would just kind of jump um, but in this one, and you could still do that in this one, but it's not, I don't know, it doesn't feel as fast to me. I feel it's much easier to have a dodge button that you could just hit. Like, I, I assign it to my thumb, my, the thumb button on my mouse. And you really want to just work that into your, your, your style in the game. Um, especially when you're, in other words, like, let's say you've got a guy in front of you and you're about to shoot him. Rather than just charge straight for him or back away or just try to line up a shot... You wanna you wanna like dodge away from him and at the same time take aim and fire while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are the, the guys who are doing well in the game. That's kind of what they're doing. There's no lock on um, or anything like that. The only lock on, the only weapon that has a lock on is the rocket launcher. Mm. If you if you like hover your reticle over an enemy with the rocket launcher selected, you see a little red circle light up and it kind of you hear a beep and it locks wasn't, on. Wasn't the rocket launcher where you see the the, the point of view of the rocket? Oh, you're thinking of the Redeemer. Oh, is that what it's called? It's called there's, a, there's another weapon. There's another the ultimate weapon in the game is called the Redeemer. That's like the... You B- shoot it, and then you control the... You can. Okay. Yeah, that's like the BFG 9000 of this of the Unreal yeah. Tournament game, you know? Um, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a little nuclear cruise missile that you can guide. And you can fly it around the map and, and bring it... And you can detonate it anytime you want, too. Or you can actually physically hit a target with it. Um... It is in this game, and I, f- I find that it's a little harder to control. Because uh, I remember being able to, f- in the old game, being able to fly that thing down corridors. and really? <laughs> Almost, yeah. It was really <laughs> weird. But, but now it just feels like it has like, a lot of oversteer to it, and you can't really direct it as much. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's just one of these little minor differences. I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of the alpha process. Maybe that could change over time. Um, but the game feels pretty balanced already. Uh, for the most part, a lot of the maps aren't done. Like, they have the basic layout and geometry is in place. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the fine details aren't done. Like, the texture maps aren't fully in place. Some of the lighting effects, you know. Yeah, like some of the graphics didn't look that good when, we, yeah, when I looked at it. It was videos. very simple. It was, like, mm-hmm. very simple polygon graphics. Just, you know, kind of just enough to get the game going and uh-huh. have a playable game. Um, like all the game mechanics seem to work well, uh, but yeah, a lot of the graphical stuff, the art assets need to. But be... I mean, if it's pre- would you say pre-alpha? That's what they're calling it. So that's like that's barely should be even barely playable. Yeah, right. But it's a free download. Anybody can mm-hmm. go to Epic Games and and create an account. You need to create an why, account. So why would a company want to give people access to a game that's in such early? production what's what's the benefit of doing that well this whole thing started as almost like a crowd based um project so 
people, I think, I think for, for one thing, they want to kind of reboot the brand, mm. kind of get Unreal Tournament out there again and get people interested in it again. Um, but at the same time, they want to they want to get player feedback. They want to get a lot of involvement from the people that are going to play the game, the community, not just the players, but community monitors as, as well. People who create content for the game. Um, so they want to just get it in everybody's hands and get everybody get everybody's like feedback and uh, when, like especially bug reports whenever the game crashes, you have the option to send back. You know, like a crash log of has what it crashed for you. It's crashed. It, mm. it, it crashes a lot, but it crashes varying on the build that I'm running. So sometimes it'll be super stable, and then they push a new build out, and, and then then I'm playing on the new build, and the new build's like bombing out every 20 minutes or something. Hmm. Um, luckily, I'm able to rejoin the server that I was last on, and it it still has my score and everything, so I'm able to continue the same match, like even in the middle of a of a match. Um, I've been mostly playing deathmatch, which is just you know one on one free for all on a server with like eleven other players mm-hmm. or however many they set the limit to. Um, sometimes these maps get too crowded. Like when it's more than I don't know, maybe twelve might be the limit for a lot of them. When it gets to be more than that, it's just chaos. There's just bullets flying everywhere, and it's just impossible to stay alive for more than five seconds. You know. But again, you, once you get defeated, it's you're right back in the game. There's no downtime, so it's almost it's almost a joke getting hit. You know, like there's no real the know, respawn is like instant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other modes. There's um, there's you know, there's team deathmatch, which seems a bit less common, where you know you have two sides trying to do the same thing. Um, and then you have capture the flag, which is another popular mode, where you have a base and a flag, yeah. and you have to defend your base against other people trying to steal your flag, meanwhile trying to take the enemy's flag. Um, if you have the enemy's flag, you can't score a point unless your flag is in the base. So if you grab the other team's flag and you're bringing it back, if the other team has your flag already out, your flag has to be returned before you can score. And and obviously they're trying to get your their flag back too. Uh-huh. So you might have successfully still stole their flag and brought it back, but you can't score because your flag is missing. Yeah, you need both. Flags. And you have to stay alive and keep that flag safe. <laughs> so if you have the flag and you die, it goes back into its position. No, if you die, it drops where it drops, you are. Right? Okay. And so another you know. and one of your teammates can pick it up and keep it going, mm-hmm. keep it in play, you know, keep possession of it. Um. But the best thing is, you know, obviously to have somebody else trying to actively get your flag back. This way you can, you can put the goal in, basically. Um, it's a fun mode. I tried it a little bit. And um, these were all new maps. And I, I wasn't familiar with them. And that's, I, I think for that mode, it's a lot more critical to know the map really well. Because you want to know all the pathways. You want to know all the shortcuts of getting from one side to the other. Um, so it's, you know, it's a little getting used to. There was another mode that I jumped into, another mode of team deathmatch. Oh no, of regular deathmatch called Instagib. (laughs) And what that means is you have, you don't have the usual mix of weapons. You have one weapon that's a single shot kill only. So it's basically a beam rifle. It's the shock rifle, but you don't have an alt fire mode or anything like that. You just have a one shot that you can instantly shoot the other player with. And... That's a, I don't know, for some reason, that's a, that's a mode that's become popular among some players. They like that kind of fast shooting action. It's like single shot 
and then, you know, you're just basically trying to get as many points as you can. I mean, it's the same with the other ones. But when you have more weapons, there's a bit more strategy involved mm -hmm. as to which ones you want to use and, and so on. Um, but this kind of simplifies the game down to just a very core concept. Just shoot the other player as many times as you can. Um, one thing I noticed is um, the sound is really important in this game. So the environmental sound of other players picking up ammo or weapons or changing weapons you hear all that stuff while you're playing and a lot of times it tips you off to where what the other player is doing hmm. so you might have just picked up something and then like two seconds later you hear that same sound again which means somebody behind you just did the same exact thing you did so be you know like you always have to look over your over your shoulder you always have to like gain an awareness of the environment and what people are doing um, that's the only way to stay alive and obviously keep moving. <laughs> that's like a very core, um, sort of basic rule to keep yourself alive. Um, all the, all the classic weapons are in this one, like from the original, a few, a few are missing. I didn't see a chainsaw in this one. There was a chainsaw in the original wow. game. I forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. some things seem to behave a little differently. Uh, like the impact hammer, it used to be like that. That, that was one of your default weapons. You have the hammer, and you have a. You, you start with a pistol. <clears throat> but for melee attacks, you can switch to the hammer, which basically is like it's like a pile driver. Yeah, yeah. That you know, if you run into another player with them, they instantly explode, mm -hmm. <laughs> or it pushes them back. And you can some people use it to like jump up to higher levels and stuff like okay. that. For some reason, I couldn't get the hang of this one. Um, it's it like. It seems like, I don't know, I'm, I'm hitting other players with it, and it doesn't seem to have the same, like, instant kill sure. mechanic to it. Um, and that weapon also has, like, an, a secondary mode in this one where it can act as a shield. So if you use the, the right mouse button with the hammer, basically you can use it to deflect incoming shots back towards the other player. I've never seen anyone really use that too much so far. Um... But I don't know. Another one that I thought was interesting was there's there's, a, there's one called the bio rifle, which is like it shoots this glob of green slime. It's like radioactive I slime. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it at all either. In the original game, I really disliked it strongly because I felt like, I like it it's so unpredictable. Yeah. You never were really gonna. You you never knew what it was gonna. You, know, you, you were just as likely to kill yourself with it mm -hmm. as you were another player. Uh, but in this one. I don't know. It's it seems a lot more effective in this game. I don't know why. I think I can. I've I've sort of learned how to deal with its randomness, and I can sort of direct it in a way that makes it more effective. Like a lot of times, if like I'll see two players like trying to get the edge on each other, and I've got the bio rifle, so I just create like a big glob <laughs> rather than because you could this the secondary mode lets you build up a big ball yeah, of you it. Hold, hold it down you hold it down right? mm -hmm. and it makes a big ball and while these two players are trying to like you know shoot each other i just throw that big glob in the middle of them and i take them both out in one shot so it's it's pretty fun I like sometimes i'll sabotage an elevator with with that i'll have the bio rifle i'm like ah, i just want to get rid of this thing i'll empty out all the ammo and i'll leave I'll leave a, a, a pile of it at the top of an elevator, knowing that when somebody takes that elevator and steps off of it, the first thing they're going to do is step onto that mm. thing, like a landmine, almost. Wow. <laughs> it's insane. Um, there's no ripper gun in this one, which was a weapon that 
shot like what looked like a circular saw blade. Oh yeah, yeah. And he used to ricochet off the walls. Yeah, and I like stuff. that one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be in this game at all. Mm. I don't know if that's intentional, if that's in, like a design decision, or I don't know. Maybe they haven't implemented it yet. I'm not really sure. Um, but other weapons like the flat cannon, which is like basically the shotgun of the game. That's perfect. It's it operates just like the original, and it's it's probably my preferred weapon most of the time. But it's bad for distance. That's the only thing. That's the only drawback. Um, and I guess my other observation is that sniping is a bit tougher in this one. I used to be so good with the sniper rifle. I used to be able to pick off headshots like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like like I used to be able to use it without zo- even zooming. Like I would be able to just run, while I'm running, I could just line, line up a shot and fire and. It used to be a terror <laughs> with those things. Um, it just seems harder to do. I don't know why. Maybe, again, maybe it's just, you know, my skills aren't up to snuff yet or or not or anymore. Maybe they won't ever be. Um, but I don't know. It's, um, it's looking good so far. I think it's um, got a lot of potential to be, you know, re- kind of revive the original game. Now, is the original... Any of the original members of the original game working on this? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, I'd be curious to find out. I thought I read that this game is going to be free. Right. It is, okay. Mm-hmm. So how do they plan on monetizing it? Um, Through, like, in-app? Yeah, there's, a, there's like... a marketplace in the game. Oh, there is, okay. Yeah, so you can buy different things. A lot of, mostly, like, it looks like vanity items. Is it set up yet, or not really? It's there already. Oh, okay. You can buy things like... Um, like custom hats and heads and helmets and things like that. Things to customize your appearance in the game. Oh, okay. So that's... I heard someone saying, if you wear a hat or something, if you have the lead or something like that, like your hat changes to notify, like... It could be. I think... Like it'll go backwards or something like that. Either that, or I think there was one that was like, almost like, um... It was like uh, the head of like a ram or something like oh, that, yeah, or, yeah. and the eyes would glow or something if you were on a, a killing streak or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds familiar. Um, probably other stuff too. I don't know if they'll. I don't know if they'll charge for maps and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they could, but typically, I think it helps. So some maps looked better than others just because they weren't. Com- they were more finished. Yet? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Overall, it's shaping up pretty well. And this is a download game? It's not a browser? Uh, yeah, it's version? a full game. Okay. Yeah, not played in a browser. Okay. Yeah, I know some of those games now that can be played in, yeah. in, in Unity, in, in the browser. Mm-hmm. I think Quake was ported to be able to do that. Um, yeah, but this is a full PC game. Um, I'd say if you're at all interested in the genre or the if you remember the old game in any fa- form I or do. Fashion, I like the old one. I'd say it's worth a, a look. I have Unreal 3. On uh, Xbox. Right. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I, you know, it's I bought Unreal Tournament 3 when it first came out, and I think I was in a phase of, like, between PCs at that point. Like, my, I felt like my PC wasn't good enough, or I was waiting to play it when I upgraded my PC or something like that, and I just never got around to it. And um, from, what I, from what I heard, it was not well-received by a lot of the players. Yeah, I... I th- I think I, yeah, I heard that too. But I don't know. I, I think because so many other, like Halo was really big at the time. Maybe. Or or that, even that might have been on the tail end of the popularity, but it felt a little dated, I think. Well, this was around 2007, 2008. Yeah, it was a long time Somewhere ago. around there. Mm-hmm. 
And um, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I guess people like things a certain way. I, I, I even, even the games that came out in between, like Unreal Tournament 2003 and 2004, some people didn't care for some of, either one of those. Um, I, I liked them because I figured, well, I could always play the original game if I just, if I just want the original. There's no problem with that. Mm-hmm. So these are just some new modes, you know. Um, this new build doesn't have any of that stuff that was introduced in the later games. So this is pretty much a straight-up remake of the original. So if you just like the original, then I guess this game has got a lot going for it in that sense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I've been spending time on. It's uh, It's been pretty good. It's, How often do they, like, drop new builds? Um... I think I've seen it update, you know, I, I mean, I've played it for maybe two or three days before a new build would show up, so I, I would say at least that long. That's pretty good. That yeah. means they're pretty active Yeah, on getting it on the getting, getting it ready. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Something to look for, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good to drop in, play for half an hour, and, you know, maybe do something else after that. Hmm. I mean, it's... it's it gets a little frantic if you play for too long. Does it? Really? I feel like it does. But that's what I've got. So, how about you? So, I played a few games. Mm. Um, the full game that I really played was uh, Oceanhorn. Oh, yeah. So, Oceanhorn uh, came out two years ago on uh-huh. iOS. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it just came out on PC now and Android. Right. And basically, it's like, it it was really advertised, and it was pretty highly acclaimed as like a Zelda type of game. I'd heard that. Um, I I personally don't think it has much to do with Zelda, other than like maybe the look. Like the character kind of looks, you know, like Linkish, I guess. Oh, it's the look of it that they're comparing it to? I don't know. I mean, the game looks like actually uh, Landstalker, Mm -hmm. an old Genesis game. Okay. Um, with that kind of three cor- three uh, yeah, quarter like the, angle, like the asymmetric viewpoint. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but the mechanics, play mechanics, are like Zelda. So you have like the um, you have your bombs, you have your uh, bow and arrows. You can mm. find you get the shield. So each button, you know, you, one button does a shield, one button does sword. You can charge up the sword and do a charge attack. So they definitely borrowed a lot of elements from Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, like any bushes, you can swipe with your sword and knock the bushes out. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, stuff like that. But um, otherwise, I don't really think it could even like be measured up to a Zelda game. Are there dungeons? Um, so the game, it's weird. It, so you, you start off with a world map, and uh, it's basically a series of islands. Mm. So uh, on, these, each one, on each island is usually like a cave. They're not called dungeons, they're called caves. Okay. And uh, the whole weird thing is, is that when you start off, there's like three islands. Mm-hmm. And to go from island to island, you have a ship that you sail on. And it's all done in real time. So when you sail from one island to another, like you have to get on your boat and you sit and you watch. And you watch the guy, kind of like Wind Waker was. Oh, really? And you go from one island to another. Okay. So, um... On the, and you know, and on the ride there, there's like sometimes an enemy pops up, and you have like a little pea shooter that you shoot at the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike like Wind Waker, when you would travel from different to islands and different places, there used to be like treasure chests in the water, and you used to try to like find them in the distance. You would see like a glowing light, and you would want to like 
you know, try to capture the treasure chest. Hmm. But in this, is really there's no point in this whole sailing aspect. At least I I didn't see one. Okay. Um, going from island to island, it just seemed like a time waster. Hmm. Um. Then another weird part is, is you can look at the map and you can travel, but if someone doesn't tell you about an island existing, it's not there. So like. You look at your world map and you say, all right, there's three islands. And then you go onto a new island and you, well, not a new island, but one of your islands. And you talk to somebody and it says, hey, um, have you been to so-and-so island yet? Maybe you should check it out. Mm. And then suddenly the island appears like on your map. And you're like, but that doesn't make any sense. Like, (laughs) where did this island come from? And that's, and that's, so they keep adding more islands as you're playing. But it's like, Mm. why weren't the islands there before? Like, why, why would they just suddenly materialize? And then there's some islands that you can't go to because it's there but because you don't have they didn't tell you about it yet for some reason like you can't access it right away it's a magical world yeah it's perhaps. like oh there's an island there but for some reason I can't right. steer my boat towards it I don't I don't understand why mm. hmm so I have like a, a problem with the way that mechanic works um you feel like you should be able to discover these islands on your own if you're sailing past it physically right like you should see the island and yeah like unfortunately you can't you have no control of your sailing mm-hmm. so you look on your map and you choose where you want to go and then the screen changes and it goes into this mode where you're just seeing your ship sailing to this direction hmm. and then you can just point because it becomes more like a first person kind of shooter thing you just like you can move your crosshair and like shoot things right but there's really not much to do um so other things that I don't like about this game is that they don't explain much about anything of like what you're looking for really and like what items you need mm. um where do you have to go to find things you sure like, you didn't skip past that stuff I, I usually do <laughs> and that's another complaint you can't skip by everything <laughs> so this is the one case where I tried to skip by it and I couldn't and yet I still don't know what's going on okay so, like, the guy will tell you, oh, you know, you need this, uh, you know, amulet of whatever. And it's like, oh, okay. And, and then it's like, all right, now what? And then you just like, that's it. There's no hints. There's like, okay, well, where do I find there's it? No, where do um, I go? There's no, like, journal or, like, a, like a list of what, no. your, what your quests are? Or- nope. Hmm. There's nothing. So sometimes the guy will say, well, we'll go to this island to get it. And then you're like, all right, well, that's, that's my next island. So then sometimes, you're, like... There was one point where it's like, the guy said, go to this island, you know, this is the next place you should go to. So I go there, and now it's like, oh, to go to this island, you need these boots. And it's like, oh, alright, now where do I get the boots? And now at this point, I'm like, alright, I guess I have to travel to, like, all these islands that I've been to already, and Mm -hmm. see, maybe there's boots somewhere, like, that I missed. I don't know. Mm. They don't tell you anything. You might have to keep a, your own, like, log of what you're doing. Well, that that's the whole problem. So, like, you go into an island, and say you do go into a cave. They don't tell you, like, all right, they don't show, like, there's a map, but it's a very small map, and mm-hmm. it really doesn't, it only shows you, like, basically what is immediately around you on mm-hmm. the map. So if there's, like, a treasure chest, you would see it, like, kind of, like, within walking distance in front of your character. And that's about it. So you don't know, like, what else is could possibly be in this. So when you go into a dungeon, you don't say, okay, I see there's eight treasure chests, and, you know, this is what I should try to get. Mm-hmm. You just, you don't know. So you're just walking and walking until you find an area that's like, oh, there's a treasure chest here. Okay, I guess I have to open this up. Hmm. And, and a lot of the times, 
you're just finding keys in the treasure chest that open up doors so you can access all the areas. And then there's points with this mini-map where you'll see a treasure chest, like, almost right next to you, but because all the levels are designed in a way where it's, like, kind of maze-like, and there's, like, um, it's, uh, it's not just all one level, you're climbing upstairs. Mm-hmm. So it could be, like, right near you, but it's up, like, two, like, flights above you, kind of. Yeah. And you don't know that until you get there. And then and then you have to figure out, well, how do I come all the way around now and try to get to the spot where this treasure chest is? Mm-hmm. And there's really no way to plan that because the map doesn't show you anything. And you have to sometimes leave a cave to come back inside the cave. You have to, like, go into a different entrance of the cave to get to that portion of it. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's not all continuous. No, it's not. Mm. So it's not like you're in the cave and this... Like, it's not like Zelda where you're in a dungeon and there's only one entrance and exit. Yeah. Some of these caves are not like that. Mm. And to travel across the caves, you know, you might have to leave and come out a different entrance and then go in. So it makes it kind of confusing. Mm. I can understand that. Um, I ran into some glitches when I was playing... There's one point where a girl follows you. She mm-hmm. wants to become like your friend for like a quick minute. Okay. And and then she so she's following you for some reason. And then if you walk down a path where it's just like room for just one character to walk down, if it's a dead end path, you can't walk back out because she's following you. And oh, she, she actually blocks your path. She blocks your path. So so what happened to me was I, I was because I didn't know what to do. She's like. Oh, you know, I, I really wanted to see this island. So I'm like, all right, I guess I, I have to go to this island. Hmm. So I'm walking around, and then I go down this path. And then the path was a bush, but a lot of times, because of the weird camera angles, you can't tell, like, what's an obstacle and what's not. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I, I guess I can't, you know, go past this bush. You can't, um, you can't uh, jump at all. So, so I was like, all right, let me backtrack. So I move backwards, and she just stands there. And I'm like, well... You know, is she going to move? And, you know, I'm trying different things. So I had to reset the game hmm. and, uh, you know, continue for my last save point. Um, other air, other things were, like, special items that you need. You can... Sometimes you need to pick up things like five bosses, like, um, like boxes, or, you know, you can pick up, uh, like, jars that you can break. Mm-hmm. But you can just toss them anywhere. And if you toss one off the screen or in a spot that you can't grab, it doesn't... The game doesn't know to, like, recycle that. So we're like... So if you need that weapon and you just threw it, like, two levels above you that you can't access, <laughs> uh-huh. now it's gone permanently because how are you going to get there, you know? Hmm. And you you can't, like, leave the room and then come back and then it resets to its original position. No, it stays, like, where you threw it. Yikes. So that kind of... So you have to, like, reset the game and then go back. So, I mean, is there a save, a save system? Can you reload before you did that? Um, there is not, there's an automatic, there's checkpoints on the islands. There's like these little mailboxes. Uh Uh-huh. And when you walk by them, like the mailbox glows and that's where it saves. I see. So that's kind of how the saves work. Um. But if you quit the game and reload it, you pick up from that mailbox? Yeah, I believe so. I think that's what it did with me. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Um, another annoying thing is the enemies... There's about four different varieties of enemies. Mm. Um, at least the, as far as I got. I got about halfway through the game. And if you kill an enemy, you move off screen. As soon as you appear again, like, the enemy regenerates. So you're constantly... If you're just, like... if Because you're, you're in a maze, basically, all the time. So you're in a maze, and you're killing these enemies, and then you 
you know, you want to know, well, what if I make a right? You make a right, and then it's a dead end. You make a left, now the enemy's regenerated that you just killed. And you're like, oh, it's like crazy. They just mm-hmm. keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so, I don't know. Um, another He has another annoying part. Um, the bosses. So, mm. the bosses are pretty cool. I mean, they're full screen, like, pretty zelda influence style, kind of, like... The um, art style? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that, definitely. It was pretty cool. But, um... I kept dying on this one boss, and every time you die, it goes through that whole animation where it's like, it shows you the boss, it shows you his name, it mm. goes through like a quick animation. Right. And it's like, oh, so every time I kept dying on this guy, I had to watch this whole like 30 second animation of, you know, who the boss is and, you know, the whole like dialogue part that leads up to the boss. Hmm. They really should work on and that. And you can't skip any of that. I know, it's like... A lot of games on, seem to is, have this problem. It feels like... Even for, like, the 90s, like, this game, you know, if this came out in the 90s, it would kind of feel a little, like, outdated. Yeah. Like, some of these things. I don't know why some of these designers get stuck in those modes where, you know, they feel they... I don't know. I think I think some of them do it out of out of nostalgia, maybe. Like, they, they feel like, well, a lot of the games I played were like this, where I would have the big wind-up again before a big fight. And it's like, yeah, well, let's let's not repeat the mistakes of the past. I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing they added in was fishing. Okay. So at one point you can find a fishing pole. Yeah. And it's like, uh, so it says, uh, catch, try to catch the, you know, a big fish or something like that. And I'm like, all right. So that's all they say. They don't say like where or how or what. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, now how do I fish? So I take out the fishing rod and I go to like where the water is and it's like, nope, you can't fish here. Hmm. And I was like, all right, well, let me move over to this spot. And it says the same thing. It says, nope, this isn't a spot to fish. So, I traveled to this island, which seemed like... I always wondered like what this island was for, and I think it was for fishing. Because I went there, and then you could start fishing. And, um, I, you know, I, I threw the, the pole out, and you, you pull the fish in, and he gets all excited. And it's like, oh, you found a 10-pound 10, 10 fish or something. <laughs> and then that's it. And then I'll tell you what it's for. <laughs> it's like, all right, I now I, I can compare my leaderboard. It says you can compare it with your friends. Your, your fish that you catch. Is this a mini game within the game? I, I guess it's like. It doesn't, but it doesn't serve is, any purpose. Not that I know of. It doesn't explain anything. Huh. So I don't know. Overall, I just feel like the game was just trying too hard to be Zelda, and it's lacking, like a like the puzzle solving and the. There's no. I mean, there's no point to the game other than you're traveling through like this maze to try to get something, and there's like no story really. There's nothing. It's just. Hmm. I don't know. It's a, to me, it's a very poor game. I got, I got um, up to, I think about halfway through, because I, I, I started going through, because I wanted to see what my progress was. I'm like, am I making any progress in this game? Uh-huh. So I looked through the uh, walkthrough, and I noticed I was like halfway through, and I was like, nah, I can't. This, <laughs> this game is it's just not good. And you're playing this on what now? iOS. Okay. Um, I'm using the controller, because it has controller support. Oh, nice. So I've actually, one of the reasons why I wanted the controller was for this game. Mm -hmm. I wanted like, you know, a good RPG action game and uh, really disappointed. Hmm. This this is pretty highly acclaimed game. Yeah, I'm shocked uh, because I I have been hearing about it. uh, Yeah, I think it's awful. Like, I I don't know. I I would not recommend this to anyone. Fall short. Um, uh, In comparison, there's a game called It'll Do. 
mm-hmm. which is also like a Zelda knockoff type yeah. of game, but more of like the 16-bit era graphics. Right. And that game is really good. It'll do. Yeah. If you like that style of Zelda, like that, <laughs> that is a better Zelda game than this, this one. Hmm. Ocean Horn is not, not good. It's too bad. Yeah. It is too bad. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel like lately there's like a bunch of bad games. Really? Hubert. Oh, Hubert. Band, so. I need some good games. I need someone. Uh, I downloaded a bunch of other mobile games I played this week, and they're all kind of, eh, not too good. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought, uh, what do you call it, Surgeon Simulator. Oh, right. And that was not good either. I experienced <laughs> that with you, and I have to say, I'm not sure why this game would be pleasurable for anyone i don't know how it even <laughs> became a thing like it's just it's such a horrible game it know. looked good in concept but just as an observer it looked interesting but i guess you know actually getting to play it i mean it's all about the controls and how awkward they are right yeah yeah and trying to wrestle with the controls and i guess some games can do that effectively Right? I mean, some other games that you've played recently had some... Well, I mean, like, a game like Octodad, where, you know, it's it's goofy in the same way that, you know, certain mm-hmm. simulators goofy yeah. controls, but you don't get punished for the bad controls, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that you do in certain simulator. Like, you really need to have, like, perfect controls in certain simulator to beat yeah. the level. And the one you're playing was the... What the A and E the A and E edition Something on like PlayStation Four? Yeah, so it could be maybe the PC version controls really well. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not hopeful. Based but the on PS4 one, what I've is, tried, is, is it awful? I, I, your best game was your first game ever. Yeah, so the very first time I put it on, and the game tells you nothing on how to play the game. It's mm-hmm. like it starts it, and that's it. Right. And, and I did better in that one than like the 20 other tries after that. Mm-hmm. Right. Where I actually went to YouTube to say, like, how do you play this stupid game? Because <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah, I guess if it controlled well, there wouldn't be much of a game. But I don't know. But I guess... I think you, it would still be a pretty good game. Yeah, right. Because, well. I mean, you know, you, you drew some comparisons to Trauma Center. Yeah, Trauma Center was good. On on the Wii, which... Similar you know, Yeah, concept. a little bit. But the game there had, had a, was a, you know kind of challenging at first. Um, until you kind of got the hang of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a game where time is always going to be a big factor in this kind of scenario. You know, you have very limited time, and you have to hurry up and finish what you're trying to do. Yeah. And that, <laughs> I don't know, just anything, anything you do in this game wrong just adds damage to the patient to the point where if you don't do everything right, you're done. There's no leeway. There's no margin of error at all mm-hmm. in a game where... You know, sloppy controls, and that's all you do is yeah. struggle with trying not to, mm-hmm. you know, kill the person. Yeah, yeah. So that one was that was disappointing because I was looking forward to playing that. Mm-hmm. I was pretty excited. Right. Yeah, I, I I wasn't planning on getting it, but I'm glad I got to check it out, so I yeah. know to stay away from it. The good thing is, I bought it on the flash sale, so uh-huh. it was only a dollar. Yeah. So I don't I don't mind it so much that. No, it's not like... I, I think it's normally like 15 or something. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Maybe. I don't know. 10, maybe? Something okay. Like 10, 10 seems more reasonable, but I don't know. Either way is... People... There are people that love this game, so it's for someone. I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's like that game Quop too. Like, <laughs> every time it's called Quop, but that right, right. I mean, that's not much of a game, but that's kind of funny. I don't know. I had fun with that. A couple of minutes of fun. There is at least a pattern there to learn. Yeah. Mm. What else did you get? Uh, from the flash sale, I picked up the, all the PS4 games. Mm-hmm. I picked up Dead Nation and Home. A, oh, horror, right. a horror adventure. <laughs> right. Oh, right. The other game called Home. Yeah. Not, not the PlayStation Home. No. Yeah. <laughs> play- uh, yeah. I, I got to look into that. I think that I think that sale ends soon. So I have to. There's a lot of good games on there. Yeah. Sure. There's quite a bit. Um, I haven't got anything yet though, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look tonight. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, get, I I picked up some other stuff, though. I picked up um, Alien Isolation, finally. Uh, That's supposed to be a good one. It was, you know, pretty well received. And from what I've seen of it, I think I would probably get into it. I just like, um, I mean, th- there's a couple of elements there that are interesting to me. I mean, obviously the Alien franchise. I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but even apart from that, I just like this whole uh, setting of, you know, um, kind of space horror, you know, like sci-fi horror and um, the feeling of just, you know, it's you versus some unknown threat. And, uh, you know, obviously we all know what these alien xenomorphs look by now, but um, still it's, it's, you know, creates a, supposed to create like a feeling of tension and, uh-huh. and, and fear. So I want to check that out based on that. Yeah. I had picked it up for 13 bucks on PC. Um, this was like a sale through this green man gaming site that's in oh, okay. the UK. Yeah. The they to, All right. So they had, they had a good sale on it. And then they also had like a coupon that I was able to apply on top of that. Mm. Yeah. So it's always fun. Um, and you know, maybe I'll get to it soon. Uh, the other game I got was Hotline Miami 2. Um, just released and fresh off of playing the first one. I figured, let me not wait two years to play this one. (laughs) So I picked it up on PSN for, for PS4 and for, for Vita and for PS3 too. Played any of it? No, I guess not because you've been playing Uh, Unreal. Yeah, no, not yet. I, I, I... uh, it's it's kind of at the top of my list though, so it's hmm. probably going to be soon. Um, yeah, I'm kind of torn because, like you and our friend Frankie, are both playing a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm afraid like there's going to be a lot of spoilers coming out of it. Mm. But I'm in no rush to play that really, so like I don't right. care if I wait another year or two. Like I'm probably going to wait until there's a really good sale on it. Sure. But I don't know. I don't know if it's a very spoilery type of game like the first one was. Um. I suspect the story is going to be uh, more convoluted in this one, <laughs> more than we even talked about. Uh-huh. And I think the play mechanic, though, looks pretty similar. I mean, to, yeah. you know, it looks like it could be the same engine even. Who knows? Um, but I don't know. I don't know what to expect, really. I'm going to wait and see. Um, I, I, yeah, I did get it because it was part of that spring uh playstation yeah, yeah. sale yeah they had so it was 10 percent off was the launch discount on this game yeah so i got it for 1350 um i'm sure there will be a pc sale that will make it even cheaper at some point because I, I played the first one on pc and i thought well you know maybe i'll get this one for playstation instead because mm. the controls should be the same it's not like graphics are going to be any different no nah, well you played it on pc at pax east wasn't it the, the PC version the second the second one right yeah 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 Right. So it should play the same, right? I expect so. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but rather than just play the get get it for PC again on the second one, I figured let me have the Vita um, option for this as well. So that's why. Oh, I that's went. right. You played it with a controller. I'm thinking you're playing with the keyboard originally, but no, you played originally yeah. with the controller. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it shouldn't be that different. I don't think so. I think it'll be pretty comfortable. Okay. Um, yeah, I played it with the Xbox controller, but right. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm flexible enough to use either one. <laughs> um. Let's see. The other pickup I got was, I guess, related to one of our our news items. Um, I picked up TXK for Vita. Mm. Finally, I know that looks good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at myself for not downloading it when it was free on PS Plus. Oh, was it free during your subscription? It was yeah, but because I don't own a PS3 or Vita actually or Vita it it's didn't Vita let me exclusive. download it through the PS4 console oh right but what I didn't know is that you can even if you don't own those consoles on the website on a web browser you can download all those mm-hmm. free games right so I didn't know that until much later on so mm-hmm. I missed out on a lot of those freebies in the last year mm. yeah I don't know when they I don't know if that was always the case and I don't know if that was always as easy to do but from the web browser? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Maybe, guessing. I don't know. I don't know. I just... I think you told me, like, just recently, you're like, oh, no, you can just go on the website and do it. I'm like, uh-huh. really? Yeah. Which is actually a much better experience than the... The PS4 store is awful on the, mm-hmm. on the actual console. Can't find anything on that thing. Right. So. Yeah, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a mess. Yeah. But I think all, because, basically, it almost launches a browser... Now I think they used to, that's what it used to do. It used to like you actually had to like on the PS3 if you wanted to browse the PlayStation Store, you, it basically did the the web browser. It, it did it through the browser on the console on the console. It but was that's good. It I wouldn't want that. It just wasn't as simple though to, to navigate. No, yeah, I guess so. Cause like it, it wasn't the same. Especially, it was just looking at it on the dashboard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see if that's uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah, it's going to be a busy couple of months. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of good games coming out now. Hopefully they won't disappoint you. (laughs) I have faith that there will be at least one good game in this next week Mm -hmm. that I'll be able to talk about next week. All right. All right, good. I'll I'll almost guarantee it. I won't say what it is yet. (laughs) Keeping me in suspense. Yeah, you know what it is. (laughs) Uh, All right, well, why why don't we talk about some of the stuff in the news recently? So what has happened in two weeks? I've been in bed for the past... I Like, literally, I've You've been... You've been in cryostasis. I really have, for like a week. And, and like, unlike some people, like, who probably would love to be in, like, to be sick and be able to play games and stuff. When I'm sick, I don't want to play games. Like, mm. I got... I, I The only reason why I played Oceanhorn was really, like, the last two days where I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I was able to put on the game for a little bit. But when I'm, like, sick, I don't know. I, like, I, I just bury myself under a pillow, and I don't even want to watch TV. Like, no games, no TV. Yeah, if you're not feeling... Like, I started, like... Ill. I'm, like, on Facebook for, like, five minutes, and my eyes are burning. I'm like, nah, I'm shutting this off. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but... It's, it's not a fun experience. Yeah, how can you enjoy yourself when so you So I missed out on well. a lot of stuff that's been going on. Well, for starters, um, I noticed there was... Uh, uh, sort of a, an addition to the Steam store 
with um, the launch of uh, the Steam Machine section. Yeah, I noticed that, actually, when I signed in. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was an announcement from Valve. They made it kind of a, you know, they, they sort of showed off a few things, and among them was basically the opening of uh, actual hardware section on their on their store, which, you know, previously was only the downloadable stuff, the digital goods that you could buy on Steam. But now there's an actual section for um, actual hardware, actual PCs that are being touted as Steam machines. Um, and they're there from a variety of uh, manufacturers. You know, not just, you know, it's not just the stuff that they're making, but, you know, things like the Alienware Alpha and yeah. and other... Um, you know, like vendors and partners that are also so making now these PCs. themes. These are the ones that are going to have Linux running them. Yeah, so I guess and, the and ones they're going to come are... with the official Steam controller too. Right, right. Whereas, so, like, they're, because they've been selling Steam boxes in the past year, but they've been kind of like non. I get not not authorized as Steam. Machines, yeah, or sorta. even or even like the Alienware box, which was designed as such. You know, basically they went to market with an Xbox controller and with Windows rather than waiting for mm-hmm. Valve to finalize, um, you know, their offerings, the Steam OS and the Steam controller. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you go there now, you see a whole bunch of listings of machines that are available from a variety of vendors. And, and it's funny because one of them is actually my, the machine that I built <laughs> myself. They use, uh, they use the case that you the picked. The same case, yeah. Uh-huh. And they just change the logo on it. Right. And they charge twice as much that I paid to like build it and all. Mm-hmm. That's one of the benefits of yeah. building it yourself, right? Uh, you save some money and you get to pick the parts that you want to use. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting how they're presenting it. I think it's uh, you know it's it's a long list of vendors and manufacturers and a, a whole bunch of different price ranges. You see stuff from as low as four seventy nine for the. Uh, the Alienware machine, which they're calling the Alienware Steam machine. They're not calling it the Alpha here, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a rebranding there, or if that's just a way to distinguish it. Well, it's still Dell, right? It, 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 Dell is the owner of Dell, Alienware. Yeah. Sure. Um, so it's probably the same hardware, but, you know, I, I'm just wondering if they're positioning it differently. It, it is a very, I think, shotgun approach they're taking right now. They're just throwing, like, everything on the table, and then they, I guess they want to see what sticks. Right. If anything, even sticks. But I'd I'd almost rather Valve come out and say, we're going to make our own Steam box, and this is it. Yeah. You know, if everyone wants to make their type, that's fine. But this is our officially supported Steam box that mm. comes with our controller. This is our standard that we're coming out with. Yeah. Yeah, because I think even, even this approach kind of caters to the PC crowd a bit. It does. Which I, I think is strange because someone who's already in that world is already comfortable with buying their own machines. They don't really need something like this. Because a lot of these steam boxes are made in small factors, form form factors that mm-hmm. are going to go under like a TV unit or something. Yeah, right. That's the whole intent is to put it into the living room. Yep. Um, I think they should almost take a more Apple-like approach in the sense of giving you maybe three price tiers saying yeah. like, well, here's, here's a $500 machine, here's a $1,000 machine, and here's like a $2,000 machine. Ooh, $2,000. Well, I mean, you see those price ranges I here. I know, that's so, crazy. Though. So here's, I mean, here's one machine. 5000 Falcon Northwest, they're offering is from $2,000 to $5,000. $5,000. So 
what is someone supposed to get out of seeing that when here's another machine that's four seventy nine ninety nine? Yeah. Like how? Like somebody who doesn't know anything about any of this stuff. What do they? What do they think when they say, "Well, why do I? What do I? What am I not getting why, with why the five hundred dollars machine? Yeah. Why is there a, a forty five hundred dollars difference? <laughs> right. And what is what is the extreme on the other end? I just want to play Pac Man Deluxe. Sure. So, yeah, at least some guidelines as to, yeah. well, if you're going to play these type of games, here's the kind of machine you'd want. And yeah, they're they, not... What they, yeah, I think with those tiers, they should say, well, here's a list of games. They should give you an example of a few games and say, here's a machine that you should play if you like these kind of games. Right. And then here's a machine that you should look at if you want the best experience for this kind of a game, you know, like a Battlefield or something. Uh-huh. You know, and here's an indie machine, you know, yeah, that kind of a thing. Yeah, because people who are going to be in the market for this are going to be... And not to be insulted, but, like, they're going to be, like, dumb people who aren't PC savvy and don't know, like, any of this stuff. Right. Well, they, they there is a term for that, idiot-proof. Yeah. So, <laughs> that you have to really spell out uh-huh. everything for them. I mean, I'm And that's not meant to that, be an insult. No. But, I mean, I am sort of was in that bracket, too, where I, I don't know anything about PC stuff, really. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted it to be as clear as it could have been, and to me, it wasn't. Right. And they're not really addressing that still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's I think there's just needs to be more work done on the just on the marketing end of things. Just getting it you know, getting the information in a way that ordinary consumers can digest some of this stuff. Yeah. Um but you know, I guess this is going to be an evolutionary process. Yeah, yeah. Um so like you mentioned, they did show the controller finally. I think they finalized the Steam we controller. We saw the controller at PAX East. We did. We saw some people demoing it in um, in the Alienware uh, booth. Yeah, uh, we didn't get any hands-on time with it, but um, you know, it looks—I don't know—it looks a lot like what we've been seeing from the prototypes. Um, they did change a few things. They, I think they, so it's like two disc sort of touchpads on top, along with Concave a more touchpads. Yeah, yeah, uh, along with like traditional gamepad controls on the bottom. So you have an analog stick and you have, uh, you know, physical buttons and so on and triggers and, you know, all the things you would expect. Um, there is actually haptic feedback on the touch pads, which, you know, it vibrates a bit when you use it, I guess. To, Does it? Yeah. Supposedly to sort of, I don't know, I guess it, it, it helps you, uh, realize where your finger is perhaps, or your thumb when you're like using the pad portion. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really what to think of this thing. I noticed that it's. It doesn't have the second analog stick on the right side of it. So, I. I don't know if that's going to be a problem for a lot of people. I guess you're supposed to use that touchpad in place of it. Yeah, that's what's supposed to be the mouse. The right. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, in practice, I don't know if that's going to work for every game. Yeah. I think. I mean, their goal for making this controller was to sort of allow you to use games that really required a mouse. Yeah. This you know? Was, so you don't have to have a mouse pad on your lap. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So games that were like, let's say, I don't know, like a like a real-time strategy game or a game that was really super dependent on a mouse. I mean, you could say, well, maybe there's first-person shooters too that would benefit. But by now, dual analog controls for an FPS are pretty common. It's been around a while and people are already used to doing it that way. Uh-huh. So, I don't know if shoehorning in this way of doing it is, you know, going to be advantageous. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I, I think it's this type of thing where I would really have to have the, the controller in my hands to mm-hmm. give it a feel and see how it responds. Yeah. I mean, when you're going to radically change something like a controller, like, 
you have to you have to really like get it in people's hands and mm-hmm. try to get a buzz going on it and get some feedback. I like think- I, I like I think the the PS4 and the Ouya controller is a better use of having like the trackpad on there mm-hmm. for for a mouse kind of movement. It's like kind of there if you need something like that. But yeah, it's not really the primary control method. Yeah, I don't know. To me, that that works better. But what do I? You know, I don't, I don't know much. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I have to try it, yep. see, but you know, that's my gut reaction to it. I'm not really sure if it's going to be. I mean, I mean, to me, I feel like, I don't feel like, oh man, I wish we had like another type of controller. Like I'm getting tired of this, mm-hmm. you know, analog stick business. But, <laughs> so I don't feel like we need this replacement. Like I feel like everything's fine the way it is, but mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is going to solve the world's problems. I, I think, uh, some, I, I, the reactions that I saw from some people that did get hands-on time yeah. with it was that, you know, it still needs some work. Yeah, that's what I read, too. Uh-huh. Pretty much. Um, so the other hardware item that they had, though, was this thing called Steam Link, right? And this is basically Valve's little set-top box that's meant to be a game streaming device that you hook up to your TV. And this is supposed to be $50, and it's a lot like, um, you know, like what we've talked about with other devices, where basically you could have a big honking, you know, giant PC rig in your other room, but you use the Steam Link to stream the contents or the, the you know, the interaction with your PC to your living room TV. So you don't have to be in front of the PC yeah. to use it. Um, so for 50 bucks, I think that's pretty good. I think it's... Um, it sounds okay. It, it's almost like an impulse item purchase, I think. Getting getting it into that right. price range, I think, makes it a lot more accessible. Do they say how you get your controller in front of the TV? Um, I don't see anything about the controller. I'm thinking, you know, um, I think they said, yeah, there's going to be a bundle that, has, that comes with their controller. Um... And, you know, I guess you'll also be able to have, you'll plug USB devices into it. And that'll kind of manage the link for those devices. So, yeah, I guess you can you can do wired USB on it as well. Okay. If you need to. Interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know, that's, that's not a bad way to do it as well. If you, if you know. Now, is that, is that doing just Steam streaming or can you, like, stream your desktop? I believe it's it's basically a feature of the Steam. Steam client. Okay. okay. So, so I was wondering if you can just run your emulators too through that. Um, and you can have like multiple like TVs in your house running, you know, all your emulation. Mm-hmm. There might be a way to do that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> basically, you're doing the Steam client is basically because you can't add like can't you add anything into Steam? You can. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can use it as a launcher anyway. Yeah, and then we don't <clears> know <throat> what the lag is on stuff yet, so. Uh, that's all going to be dependent on, you know, the quality of your Wi-Fi in your house or so, and so on. Yeah. Well, you could be wired, too, I guess. So, if, you, if you're wired, yeah, if you, if you use wired Ethernet, hmm. then it's probably pretty reliable. Um, it's designed to do 1080p, 60 frames a second type of quality. So, theoretically, it should be able to handle anything. I guess that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, if buying a box... For your living room is not your thing. If you already have a good PC and you just want to be able to use it on your sofa, then this is certainly a good option. <clears throat> um, similar to that, I guess, is this new NVIDIA Shield. 
Yep. Another TV set box. Yeah. Uh, another thing, another shield device. There's that's a, a lot of boxes by the TV now. <laughs> Apparently so. If you're the type to wow. buy each and every one of these things that comes Which out. They're cheap enough. They're uh, all basically about 100 bucks. Yeah, or less, right? Yeah. Um, so this shield box is coming out in May. It's coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be $200, and it's going to come with a game controller. But basically, this thing is an Android console. It's another Android-based gaming system, like the previous uh, Shield offerings. And um, they're saying that it's going to be 4K capable. And I think what they mean by that is probably 4K video streaming, not 4K gaming. Oh, misleading. That's what what I get out of it. Well, I mean, I think they, you know, any new piece of technology... Are there any 4K games? Uh, on a PC, you can. And what's going to happen when there are 4K games and the company 2K is, <laughs> is releasing one? You think they'll be they'll feel inadequate? <laughs> they'll say we've only got 2K. I know. You think but, it'll be an issue? Uh, no, I think right. I think they'll they'll work away their way around that. I'm sure their marketing department is hard at work yeah, on that right like, now. Wait a minute, hold on a second. We can't be outdated already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. <laughs> We should we should uh, write that in as a suggestion? <laughs> yeah. So this thing is going to be the Tegra X1 is going to be at the core of, of this machine. It's uh, it's an eight core CPU. It's like basically their their super mobile chip. Even though this is a, a set top machine mm-hmm. and not a mobile device, um, it it seems like it should be you know capable of running. All the best Android games that you can find. Um, apparently, though, that includes things like uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 1 has been ported. It's going to have special ports, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, has been shown running on this thing at 30 mm-hmm. frames per second. Really? Um, yeah. That's Even crazy. a version of Doom 3. And the big news, of course, is that it can run Crisis 3. Yeah, so they're they're really touting that because uh-huh. Crisis is like that benchmark game where it's like, oh, right. you know, if you have a powerful system, if you can run Crisis, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for visual fidelity in a Crisis game, uh-huh. maybe this isn't the best way to run it, but it's still going to be a way to run it. So, so how is it running it? If it's Android based, is it running through like a a, a DOS box or something? Uh, I'm going to say these are probably native ports. I don't. Know. I don't think they're doing any kind of PC emulation. That's probably a little too high end. But I don't know. It's probably it could vary from title to title. They didn't get into those kind of specifics. Okay. Um, that's a good question. I wonder how they are doing that. Hmm. I, I'm. I'm going to say they. That seems like a lot of work to port a full game like that just for like on a console that's not even available to the public and and, and it's an exclusive. I an think exclusive. In some case. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, but I guess that's how you sell systems. You you get. High profile games. They have Portal also, right? Uh huh. And that's only still available through the Shield. Uh, maybe. I mean, that was for their tablet. That yeah. was for That was for last year's Shield, basically. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it all hangs hmm. together. They've got a pretty messy ecosystem already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got three generations of these devices. I don't know. There's a lot of this stuff going around. It's kind of. I feel like it's like the the Wild West right now with all these mm-hmm. TV boxes, and eventually they're all going to just. They'll all collapse, and there'll be, like, one or two that still stand. And Maybe. Uh, I don't think... A bunch of them will merge. Yeah, well, 
Well, another thing that did happen, though, was we had this Apple event where they talked about Apple TV. And I don't think Apple TV has any gaming capability as of yet. No, no. So, well, we'll see because they're 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 dropping the well the one they have now on the market is like 3 years old. Mm-hmm. So they're dropping the price on that to like 60 bucks. Right. To being competitive with like the Roku cuz the Roku's kind of like 2 years old now. 69, right? So 70 bucks basically. Oh, 70. Okay. Yeah. So, um oh, you know what? I think they had um cuz you can get like 10% off, I think oh, maybe. at one of the stores so you can get it on a discount. Uh-huh. But um yeah, I think they're going to have a new version. For Christmas, and that's going to be like the one that is going to be, you know, to mm-hmm. compete with everyone. That's going to have its own app store, and you know, they're working out deals with a lot of the uh, cable. I mean, the channel, sure, like HBO and CNN and all that stuff to mm-hmm. have content. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I was really hoping to see something on that front. I was a little disappointed with that Apple conference because. You know, yeah, the Apple TV is something that I've always wanted. Just for the sake that I wanted some kind of, like... Because I have so many games on my iPad that I would love to project them to the An TV. easy way to do that, yeah. Yeah, without, like... Because you can, you can project this stuff, but without without lag. So, a you know, a native app store on there to play mm-hmm. my games would be great. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're not giving us that yet. Yeah. So, I, I, I guess there were a couple of key things in this event. Um... Yeah, I mean the the HBO partnership, right? Which, um, I mean, I, I guess it's it's big, like industry wise, but as like a personal level, it doesn't really affect me too much, right? I mean, if you've already got cable, then yeah, no and big deal. It's just interesting to see like all these big changes going on in the cable industry. Yeah, I mean, it's like well overdue. It should have happened like ten years ago. I mean, one thing to note though is that. With with this, I mean, it seems like oh, this is great. I don't need cable anymore. But you know, you you this is exclusive to Apple TV. Oh, as it, far as just initially or like yeah, well yeah, initially. Okay. <laughs> but basically, they're they're a launch partner with them for the, over this. So what that really means is that you're buying HBO from Apple. You're not really buying it from HBO directly. It's not as if. You can just load up HBO Go on any device you have. Oh, on. it's only going to be on Apple TV. So in the th- beginning, through this partnership, it's through Apple directly, and then I think you can also do it if you've got like some cable of certain cable providers. They also well, that's sell. how like mine right now. I have mm-hmm. HBO Go, but right. it's tied into my Time Warner. Exactly. Account. Right. So it looks for when I sign into HBO, it's like checking my Time Warner account somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in any other instance, you p- you're pretty much going through your cable provider anyway. Yeah. Um, but in the case of Apple TV, this is one situation where you don't have to do that. You are getting it through Apple. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, exclusively you're paying. for their device. Yeah, 15 bucks a month, I think, is what they're... Yeah, that's... Is what it is. It's pricey to me. Which is what it is if you get it from cable anyway, so... Is it, is it that much, it's really? About, yeah. I it was only like five bucks. Oh, no. Wow. I gotta, I gotta relook at my bill. <laughs> Well, you probably get it as part of some bundle. Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's how they they fool you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. That was so-so interest to me. Um, They did show the the new MacBook that they've got, the new MacBook That's what impressed me. Like, Mm -hmm. screw the watch. The MacBook was awesome. (laughs) So you're interested in this new... That's beautiful. 12-inch Retina MacBook? Well, it's basically like an iPad 
mm-hmm. but without the touch screen, and they added a keyboard. So okay. it's basically like people who buy iPads and buy those like cheesy cover covers that have the keyboards built uh-huh. in. It's that basically, mm. but, but you know, larger and thinner. It's like right. super thin. It's crazy. But good battery life on it. Yeah, yeah, they really went into the whole battery aspect of it's it. It's got that new USB-C port, which is pretty awesome. It's capable of um, power pass-through and also video and, like, everything else. Right. It's, it's backwards compatible with USB. So that new port is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I guess that presents a problem for some people. People are complaining. Well, number one, they got rid of the MagSafe. So the old, I don't know if you remember what the MagSafe is. It's like a magnetic power Mm-hmm. Um, so like on the MacBooks, when you wanted to like uh, to charge your MacBook, you would stick this plug in, but it's magnetic. So all you have to do is really like just put it near it and it just sticks to it and it charges. Mm. But the new one's not. You have to actually like stick it in like you do with like your iPod or iPhone. Right. Um, so people are complaining about that, and they're also complaining that there's only one port. So if they want to like charge their MacBook and also use like an external drive, they can't without a dongle. You have to mm-hmm. buy a dongle. Right. Or like a hub, I guess? Yeah, or a USB hub, sure. Mm-hmm. For all your legacy USB hardware. Yeah. Which right now is going to be everything, because nothing... <laughs> this is the first product on the market that uses the USB-C. Right. U- wait, USB-C. C, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Google Chrome tablet, which was ironically announced the next day, or two days later, mm-hmm. also will have the USB-C. Right. Of Yeah, if you're... If you're... In the market for one of those. Yeah. Interesting. So, it's nice. I think it's nice. It comes in three colors. Mm-hmm. A retina screen, 12-inch. Super, super, super thin. Yeah. And it has that uh, new trackpad, which gives you... It doesn't actually uh, have any pressure. I mean, not it has pressure, but there's no moving parts. Like, the old trackpads, usually, like, you press it and it clicks in. Right, This right. one has, like, a motor that kind of gives you that feeling like you're pressing it, but the you're not. The feedback, sure. Yeah. And um, it's also pressure sensitive, mm-hmm. so the longer, the harder you press it, will uh, depending on like like the demo they showed. You're watching a video, and if you want to scroll through it faster, you put more pressure on the trackpad mm. and speeds it up. I don't know. I see a lot of possibilities in that function. <laughs> I was and, um... and, and and like I said previously, like that's the technology that's going to be in the iPads. Yeah, maybe if not the next versions, the ones after that, mm-hmm. all the screens will be pressure sensitive. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see what effect that has in terms of input. Uh-huh. Um, I was really impressed with uh, seeing how small the logic board is in the machine. Uh, if, you know, it's funny how, s- compared to everything else, it's like almost like the smallest thing in there. I mean, the machine is all battery for the yeah, most part. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense, you know, because really... It's, it's screen and battery. Yeah, but like the actual computer element of it, there's not this giant circuit board in there it's like this tiny little thing that's practically the size of a cell phone yeah i was gonna say it's almost like a phone yeah. mm-hmm. that's amazing it's like to me. They, they've they've seemed to accomplished like that goal of getting <laughs> getting process micronization yeah but they can't solve the battery issue it just it leaves more room for battery which is gonna help things along but yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing um I guess, should we get into the watch stuff? I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of impressions I, of the they watch really, portion. There was really nothing new about it, except mm-hmm. that's kind of like prices and this is it sort of thing. Yeah, they demo a lot of apps. They had that girl come out that was like, 
if there was anything more like not in touch with people, like mm-hmm. the average everyday person, was that girl, <laughs> the supermodel. Like, hey, the- I'm a supermodel who is done modeling, so now I just go around in other countries and help them and run marathons and stuff. Right, and, and my but, Apple Watch helps. But when me. I go to Africa, I wear my ten thousand dollar gold watch. That <laughs> did she have the ten thousand dollar edition? I don't know if they said. Uh, she, uh, I don't know if she had that one, but she might. She might have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's some lu- ultra luxury. It, it was version. funny because she's talking about how this watch helped her, like you know, in this race, and and they show her like running with all these other like African people who don't have the watch. Well, <laughs> it's like, well, then they do just as good without the watch. Sure, they don't. They don't need the watch to win. <laughs> that's that's true. That that whole thing was like weird. I don't know. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. They, but um, I, I think they're just they're, they want this to be more of like. I think they know, like, there's not much to this watch, like, mm-hmm. feature-wise right now. So, they're kind of selling it as more like a style, like a statement kind of piece. Yeah. yeah a, like a, a piece of jewelry. In a way, it kind of is. I mean, I guess the only real usefulness is just as kind of like a, kind of like a second screen for your yeah. for your smartphone. I mean, that's that's one thing to, to stress is that you basically need an iPhone to operate this thing. And that's another thing. You yep. don't... It's not just a standalone product. It's basically an extension of your iPhone. Yep. And specifically iPhone. Obviously, it's an Apple product, so don't expect it to work with um, Android or anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, th- simple things like notifications that you don't have to fish your phone out of your pocket for. I, I mean, they're, they're saying that there's going to be an 18-hour battery life on this thing. Yeah. Who knows? you don't use it like constantly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's going to vary probably based on usage. So Yeah. I but I mean, they really didn't talk. They didn't go into any detail much about what apps are going to be available. What, you know, what they showed you, a few things, nothing that we didn't already know. Like yeah. the, the whole chatting and like the whole, uh, you got like a picto chat basically. Yeah. The notifications, the health stuff. Right. They're stressing a lot of that. They, they spent a whole segment on that on, on, you know, collecting medical bio yeah. information and stuff. I mean, I think it has a lot of potential, mm-hmm. but I think out of, out of just out of the gate, it's going to be like one of those things where, like the people who bought the first iPhone, it's kind of like, yeah, that was kind of like the experiment. Uh-huh. And then the real stuff came after. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel. We'll see. Like, I think watch like 3.0, that'll be the good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. Right. When, when... But I don't know. I still can't see myself wearing a watch. Like, I don't know. I hardly ever wear a watch. I, I know a lot of people have have switched into that mode since cell phones became common. Yeah. Watch, everybody used to wear a watch. Yeah, I don't but. know, like watch, like I sweat under there all the time. I was, <laughs> and then like, it hurts my knuckle, my, my, my back wrist bone. Uh-huh. I get like sore over there. And then the, the, then the, the, the glass gets all scratched up. Maybe you haven't I'm, found the right kind of uh, I don't know. Well, I buy those wristband. cheap watches. You know? hmm I don't know. <laughs> Well, I guess we can um, maybe uh, dip into some some interesting gaming stuff that also came along, apart from all this. Was there more tech gadgetry? What else did I miss? Um, well, you might have heard that a new Sonic game, or more accurately, an old Sonic game, <laughs> has been sort of resurrected or brought back. Yeah. Um, so there's a version of a game called Sonic Extreme, which was scheduled to be released for the Saturn. Which uh, ended up never having come out, um, ended up getting canceled back in '97. Um, I remember hearing about this. Yeah, this was going to be the first 3D Sonic game. I was looking forward to this. I even think they they did show 
photos of it back then mm-hmm. as the next Sonic. And then when Adventure came out, right, or around the same time, I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" Yeah, this not the not... same game. Yeah, right. Yeah, so this is kind of uh, people are taking, I guess, um, a port of the game and bringing it to- back to life on PC and kind of making a. Uh, you know, uh, sort of a sort of a playable version of it. It's not quite a playable game yet, uh-huh. but basically the engine works and you can move around and you can interact with various objects. And um, yeah, I mean, there is some some measure of a game there. I mean, I remember getting um, an ISO image of Sonic Extreme for the Saturn. I actually really? had that and booted it up a couple of times just to see what it was gonna was what it was supposed to be. Like recently, it was a. About five years ago, I'd oh, say. Oh, wow. Yeah. How is it? It was pretty bare bones. There was really not much to it. Is it like what we see now? Because I saw some of the YouTube clips. It was similar to this scenery where you could where you have like a lot of rolling hills and stuff. I guess it's supposed to be like kind of a 3D version of the Green Hill Zone, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but the stuff that we saw in that clip was a bit more um, fleshed out than that. It was more like maze-based than... Um, it looks like almost like they were going for like kind of a, kind of the same kind of a thing that you would have seen from Mario 64 or something like that. You know, just an attempt to bring Sonic into the 3D world. Uh, it's inter- I'll, I'll be interested to see where, where that ultimately goes. I don't know if, um... So where this, so this one and the Toe Jam and Aerogram is another one, right? That they discovered recently? Um... Or they released? Well, Toe Jam and Earl, I think they're trying to reboot as like a whole new Wasn't- project. Wasn't there like an, or was that a Dreamcast game? Yeah, you're thinking of a... I'm thinking of a Dreamcast So game basically game. that, that what you're thinking of is the Dreamcast version of the, a game that came out on the Xbox, <clears throat> on the original Xbox. Oh. So there was Toe Jam and Earl 3, I think? That 3 came got out, it released, yeah. That was that out was on... an official release. That was on Xbox, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so this, so what you're thinking of was just basically the Dreamcast version of that game. Oh, okay. Which, um, which I think is out and, and playable i think it's like really? a, pretty much a full game oh. yeah yeah it was, it was just one of those canceled releases what else is they gonna find are there like <laughs> other like shinobi and who knows golden axe golden axe five is that what you're hoping for uh, i don't know <laughs> i'm always hoping like i, I feel i don't know I, I miss those old sega games there were some good ones back mm-hmm. then. right well how about how about a nintendo game on on sega on a sega system <laughs> Like what Nintendo game? It depends. Um, do, are you a big F-Zero fan? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> really? You have to do better than that. But aren't uh, you... Actually, it was one of the few... I didn't own a lot of Super Nintendo games, but F-Zero was one of them. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that until... Probably until, like, Wipeout XL. Like, that was my next racing game uh-huh. that I liked. So it took, it took that level of, of a technological leap to yeah. take F-Zero. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the racing games. But. Uh-huh. Well, I guess this was this is um, a, a, a way of kind of trying to replicate the Super Nintendo's Mode Seven graphics on the Genesis. On Genesis, yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, what, what these guys did was they they took um, they took what looks like the F Zero engine basically and replicated F Zero style gameplay. But really, what they were trying to do is just accomplish that that Mode Seven scaling that. Um, a lot of uh, Nintendo games did end up using and was touted as a technological feature, you know, kind of above and beyond what the Genesis could do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is pretty interesting to see it running. I mean, it looks probably a little rougher than what you would get on 
um, on the actual Super Nintendo game. Um, but you know, it's it's a pretty reasonable approximation of that 3D effect that allows you know that kind of that kind of that style of racing game. I mean, obviously, the effect lends itself well to racing games. And, uh-huh. You know, Mario Kart used it also, um, but certain other games used it for like you know map. Uh, uh, like the area where you were like walking across a map or something like that. Um, I forget which game did that. <laughs> there was something out there that, that kind of looks like that. Uh, but apparently this, this uses some kind of hardware trick um, that doesn't allow it to work on a flash cart. So don't expect to be able to grab this demo. And Yeah. Now why is that? Why can't I? Apparently it's, it's using external memory in some way that flash carts don't support. But you can so you can run it through an emulator, but not. I'm assuming either an emulator or or somebody burning a ROM of their own on uh-huh. a cartridge, perhaps. Well, but it's pretty cool nonetheless. So that's good. So if you are uh, a diehard Genesis fan and you were thinking about getting a Super Nintendo, you can wait <laughs> because you can now get F Zero for Genesis, right? <laughs> Sure. Don't, don't don't spend the money yet on a Super Nintendo. You can still hold off. This sounds like uh, you're, you're describing what <laughs> you know, like you know, you know how yeah. there's all these stories of of people who um, find Japanese soldiers like marooned on like an yeah. island somewhere <laughs> that they don't know that the war is over. <laughs> they're still fighting they're still, for their yeah. side. They're still yeah. Every day they're just like I don't know. Should I get the Super Nintendo? <laughs> And then I got even better news. Someone created a sprite hack of Streets of Rage where you can play as Donkey Kong. That's insane. Yeah. So Is now that- even less of a reason to get a Super Nintendo. <laughs> so but yeah, they took Donkey Kong Country, Donkey uh-huh. Kong, and put him in as a playable character in Streets of Rage. That's, um... I, I, who's that for? Is that for Streets of Rage fans or for Donkey Kong I don't fans? Know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know who that appeals to. Hmm. Probably, probably, probably Donkey Kong fans, right? If you <laughs> if you like that cast, I suppose. Mm. Well, how about a new retro console that allows you to play games from all of these systems? Well, we have that. It's the Retron Five. Right? <laughs> we do. Yeah. And That's and good. now and now there's a new one called the retro freak but i just the retro Freak. we just got the retro five well the retro freak is uh is from a, a japanese company called cyber P- gadget phr no okay. no they don't uh they don't do that kind of uh wordplay oh okay <laughs> um so this one handles uh 11 different systems from from there you know by, by their account they 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 say that it plays Famicom, Super Famicom, uh, Super NES, which I guess is an offshoot of one of those, but I guess it can handle the cartridges. Okay. Uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, Mega Drive and Genesis, uh, PC Engine, which is new for this type of system. Yeah, yeah, PC Engine. That's cool. uh, as well as you know, Turbo Graphics and Super Graphics. Now, wait. So Super Graphics used car- the same cards. Uh, Super Graphics was the same type of cart as PC was, Engine. Yeah, the Hue card. Yeah, so okay. you can plug in PC Engine cards oh, I didn't know into the, the same slot. Huh. Um, it was probably just, uh, you know, it was different internals on the machine. Yeah. The machine was a little different. But the cards were the same. And they only made like six games, right? For the right. Super Graphics? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, uh, but it can emulate, I guess, the hardware. So, I guess what it about, is... Yeah. 
Well, it doesn't say anything about the CDs, right? Like Sega CD or no mention of that. Graphic CD. Okay. No, no, because much like the Retron Five, it's meant to use the physical carts, right? So it has cartridge slots. But you can, okay. For all of these systems. All right. <laughs> well, can't they can't they like add a USB port so you can plug in like a USB uh, CD drive. <laughs> Um, but then that would be opening the system up to uh, piracy, right? Oh, come on. It's already, <laughs> this thing's already like so shady of a machine. Um, just, At this point, it doesn't matter. I'm just taking devil's advocate here. Yeah. I'm just saying that from a market point of view, they're not out to put out, you know, something that can run, you know, an SD card or anything like that. It would be nice. So it is still Android-based? This is still... Uh, I don't know if we know anything about the actual OS. Okay. Yeah, but it is... Because they're saying it's going to output HDMI, and I can't imagine if it's just regular, like, the Retron style, where it's, you know... Well, it does upscale to 720p, so it is running some kind of modern scaler type of process. Most likely an emulation of some kind. Must Yeah, it must be. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing something very similar. Like the Retron, where it's going to... Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and no word about where these emulators came from. Hopefully they avoid any of the the legal noise that's yeah. been made around the Retron about, Jeez, they, about the code that they've used for their emulation. People think that they were working on the emulators. Who, I think the, the people who freak out about it are more angry than the people who actually make the emulators. Uh, well, it's it pro- they probably like, have a similar mindset. I'm sure the people who made it probably are, are are of of the same mind perhaps yeah, yeah because a lot of these are made under the notion of open source and right and, and they're that, charging money and all that nonsense yeah thing. so they're made available for non-commercial use that's the that's the part yeah. that you know they say they've broken the agreement on <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i'm sure they've basically modified some of that code too to, to work with their hardware uh-huh. And that's part of the agreement, too, for open source. It's like, if you're going to take the source and then modify it, you have to now publish what you've changed to the world so that other people can see what you did and what you added to the code and can check it to make sure there's no problems with it and so on. Right. So this is all part of the open source philosophy. So No, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of philosophers that are disagreeing on yeah, this. Yeah. That's the issue. So yeah, so there'll be another one of these All consoles right. on the market, and if you're into I this still want to know, where's my Coleco card port? Where's my Atari 2600, my yeah. 5200, my 800 card port? So you want a... You want a In television. You want a pre-crash multi-system. Hell yeah. <laughs> Come on now. I'm sure a lot of us do. There's, you know, those, those consoles are getting older and older and, and mm-hmm. harder to get working. Right. So they got to come up with some solutions. You need to play those... Odyssey One games in, yeah, in 720p. See, now we're on the right track <laughs> with overlays. Yes, Casey Munchkin. <laughs> see, they don't they don't make 50 inch overlays for the Odyssey <laughs> One, so obviously somebody needs to do this. Your Casey Munchkin was Odyssey Two. I'm talking Odyssey One. Oh, you're going even further back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. What else do we have? We have. Um, this uh, company called Gamers Edition, which is doing uh, something similar to what we talked about last time. We talked about IndieBox last time, right? Who make um, basically these physical edition versions of 
um, digital games, right? So a lot of these games that come out digitally, there's no other way to buy them. Uh huh. Um, but now here's another way to get sort of a deluxe collector's edition with all of the extras in the box uh, version of games. Yeah, we kind of like saw some of that at PAX. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, rather than being like subscription, like like those uh, like indie boxes, this one is kind of like a one-off where you can basically directly uh, purchase. Um, a game that you're interested in. So the interesting thing here is that they did a physical uh, deluxe version of Hotline Miami um, 1 and 2, as well as another game, uh, another indie game called Papers, Please. Yeah. Um, So the Hotline Miami package looks pretty interesting. (laughs) They've got a whole bunch of stuff in in the box. Um, It's uh, a giant uh, art book. Um, comes with the games on on DVD, so you have it on media, but you also get a Steam key to unlock it in your Steam library if that's what you're into. And it's only the PC, like the Steam version, not correct. Okay, yeah. Um, and you get uh, some kind of audio tape here, which has, okay. I guess, a, a mix of supposedly it's supposedly a custom soundtrack that's been created just for this tape. So it's not just a copy of the existing soundtrack. Okay. Um, a comic book, uh, some trading cards, um, and a bunch of other stuff to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so this thing is going to be $60, apparently, which is about what you would expect to pay for the deluxe edition of oh. a major release. But when you compare it to what the game actually costs, right. it's like, what, 15 or $20? mm hmm Yeah. So 15 bucks typically. It's a little bit steep, but... Right, but you're buying it for the materials. It's pretty, I mean, I'm looking at some of the pictures of what it comes with, and it's pretty cool. I mean, if I was a, a big enough fan of this, I would probably jump in on this. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a game that you would want to see this kind of treatment given to? Uh, I can't think of one right now, but yeah, yeah why not? Mm-hmm. If it's a game that you're a fan of, like those things are always fun. Right. Yeah. Um, I like that there's just more of these options out there. Uh-huh. Not and normal. it kind of also, what I like about it is it gives more legitimacy to indie games mm-hmm. that like these games are important, you know, and they deserve the extra attention that, that I feel like a lot of people overlook sometimes. Right. Yeah. And, but and just because they're not a triple A game, like they don't, you know, they get pushed under the table as mm-hmm. not being as significant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's it's obviously these games have gotten a lot of people's notice. I mean, this is where yeah, a lot of popular, yeah. a lot of um, a lot of creativity in the mm-hmm. gaming business. People who complain that you know games aren't as risky as they used to be are you know, just not looking in the you right know how places. Much that annoys me when every time I read someone who says, "Oh, I don't play modern games because it's all Call of Duty, Call of Duty." Uh-huh. It's like, dude, you're looking at the wrong places because there are so many good indie games, right? That are just like. Everything that we remembered from the retro days, but better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, things that take they take the cues of the things you liked about those old games. Yeah. Whether it was the gameplay or the art style. But it updates it in a way that makes it more playable. takes away the annoying aspects of some of those old games. Yes. You know? You don't have to write down, like, codes and re-enter them to know, right? <laughs> load your game yeah. or things like Post that. I mean... Worst. So yeah, definitely. It's definitely. like slow down and flicker. Like you don't have to deal with that garbage anymore. <laughs> Some people like that. No, no one likes that. 
No one, anyone who likes that is full of, you know what? You think they're fibbing? Yes. Because hmm. that was never, ever liked in the old days, ever. I agree. I would wonder why. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this game so nope. down? <laughs> I never thought, wow, that's great. Just, any Super Nintendo shoot 'em up was totally ruined because of slowdown. Hmm. There could have been so many good shoot 'em ups on Super Nintendo. Wow. That's, some of those things could be compensated for now. A little bit. Through emulation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, speed yeah. throttle, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, there's uh, some news on the PlayStation front, notably PlayStation Mobile. And apparently that's coming to a halt. PlayStation Mobile was kind of a way for Sony to have, like, I don't know, I guess Android games on their consoles and vice versa. It sort of was like a bridge between the two worlds. And um, apparently there's some decent games in there. I don't really... I'm not familiar with that part of the library, to be honest. I never heard of the PlayStation Mobile until I just bought the PS TV. Mm-hmm. And there was an option for PS Mobile. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, well, because they had... They, had, they did have a PlayStation phone at one point. There was a there was Sony the- Ericsson phone. Okay. That was designed to be to have like a slide out gamepad. Was that different from the Go? Yeah. Piece- oh wow. Yeah, because okay. the Go wasn't a phone. It was an actual All Android right. phone Sony huh. made that had PlayStation branding on it and had Weird. like a slider controller too. Sounds yeah. like a good idea. They should release it. And they released they released PS One Classics for it and some yeah. other stuff. Um, and you know, and some games that were specifically made for it. So they actually did try to get into the mobile market. They tried, um, but now it's going to be um, a thing of the past. Okay. In as of July of this year, they're going to be shutting that down. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's some recommendations of some decent games out there for it. So um, I'd say check it out and see if there are any good ones you want to grab before it disappears. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> what about? A Tempest game that you would like to buy. Like ooh, like the uh, the new Jeff Minter one. Exactly. That's not really Tempest. <laughs> sort of. Or sorta, is it? Legal, legally. <laughs> so um, what's the deal with that? What's the, I heard he's like being sued or something. Well, or... So there was a, there, there is the game TXK that... TXK. What does that mean, TXK? Well, it's it's meant to to say that the previous game was Tempest Two Thousand, for example. Okay. Right, and it was the, the it was the shorthand for that game was T Two K, because it was, oh right, because okay. it was Tempest Two Thousand. T Two K. And then there was a Tempest Three Thousand. Tempest Two Thousand came out on the Jaguar, right? Yeah. Tempest Three Thousand, I believe, came out on the Nuon. That was one wow, of their. Did they call it that? Okay. That's what I believe. That's what it was called. I know called. it did come out on there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was you could consider that T Three K. So TXK is just replacing that number in the middle with just an X set to say that it's just the next generation of okay. Tempest 2000. Because they released Tempest X on PlayStation. Correct. That so. was a port of Tempest 2000 yeah. for PlayStation that was done by another team, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I forget what they were called. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Right. So... So basically, this is you know the next Tempest, and it's been out for the Vita as a Vita, as a system exclusive for like the last year. Yeah. Um, but there were plans to release it on other platforms, on newer platforms. I know. I'm pretty excited about that. 
um, until Atari caught wind of it and said, hey, this is our game. You can't just go around releasing Tempest on anything you want. I know. And They're very busy with their Atari Scratch'em games that they have going on. <laughs> right. So, I mean, on the one hand, you know, Llamasoft, Jeff Minter's <laughs> yeah. company, went ahead and just released this game. Well, he... So, the guy who made the original... It was one guy who made it. Who right. made the original Tempest 2000. He was commissioned by Atari to yeah. create a new version of Tempest for Jaguar. And Atari says anything that you make while working for us is our property. Sure. Whereas, I guess Jeff Minter thinks it was his idea for this game. He made this game and he still owns... Some kind of... I don't know. I guess that's the whole battle. Maybe that's what he's thinking. Well, and he I, felt, I, I, and yeah. he felt like he changed enough of it in this new version mm. that it doesn't... Even though it resembles like the other game, it's not right. the same. I, I don't know how he... I mean, I, I appreciate that he makes these games, obviously. Sure. Because he's making games whereas Atari is not. I mean, that's that's probably one of the problems. Oh, yes. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Basically, he's going ahead and making a game... That is essentially Tempest 2000. I mean, there really is no difference. I mean, there might be some differences. It's an updated version. But it I looks play the it. same. I don't know. It, look the, it, it looked the same to me it, in the video. It looks pretty much like a direct successor to that game, um, which Atari owns. Uh, uh, you well, know, the, the original Tempest, yeah. It's all sure. based on... Yeah. So how he feels he can go ahead and just release it? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what the premise of I, that release is. I kind of wondered about that for a while because... Ever since he announced that he was making this, like, two years ago, mm-hmm. I figured he was getting Atari's blessing on all this, but right. it didn't seem like it. And I'm wondering, like, well, maybe he owns the rights for it. So mm-hmm. I didn't know how that was going about, but... And you would think Sony would have kind of been, you know, wanted to know about this, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, Sony hasn't, I don't think, has really chimed in on this debate. No. I think they're... You know, happy to have an exclusive on one of their systems. And yeah, the Vita no less. Hey, you know, at the time, I, they were pushing the system more. Yeah. Um, you know, make some, some amount of money. Um, I did pick up the game because I thought, well, I don't, first of all, I don't know if this game is going to disappear or not as a result of all of these legal issues. Sure, yeah. So this might be my one and only chance to get a hold of it. Um, you know, it's only $10, so I figured, well, even if it goes on sale, what is it going to drop to? $5? Okay, fine, whatever. Uh-huh. Let me at least get it now while I can. Um, and, you know, I, I, I guess I can see Atari's side of it. That they're, they're like, hey, you know, we own the trademark on on Tempest, the name and the concept and so on. Um, he's not using the name Tempest. I guess that's one of his arguments against it. Yeah. Uh, and of course we could say, well, this isn't really Atari. This is Infogrames using yeah. Atari. But aside from that, legally they own the, the name and, and all the games that, that came with it. Um, and there's other stuff too, where he's saying that he's been trying to work with them mm-hmm. and they're not like cooperating or something. Right. And they're saying we've been in contact with him and we're trying to come to some agreement or yeah. a resolution to it. But I think from their point of view... I think he even went as far as to to send them, like, an invoice of how much he's actually made off this game, which apparently isn't very much. Yeah, he's trying to show them, like, hey, even if you tried to sue me over this... Yeah, there's, like, nothing to be made. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, the game's been out for a while, and it's probably run through its life cycle already. Yeah. Um, But who knows? Maybe if Atari did 
kind of bless it or put their brand on it, maybe it would get a lot more attention. Maybe people would be more interested in it. Maybe some people look at the title TXK and don't know anything, don't know what that means. Yeah, it is kind of a weird name. It's an abstract title, so it is. Yeah, I don't think it's a very good. Doesn't really say anything. Uh huh. Uh, Tempest related. I mean, people might recognize the name Tempest. So you know, it would probably be a whole new lease of on life for the game. And I guess that was the point of trying to bring it to PC and to Oculus. That was one of the plans. Yeah, Oculus, yeah. yeah well, I mean, you know, nobody can buy one of those yet uh, as a consumer product, but but that was the plan. Yeah. Was kind of to have it on, on more devices. I think Android even was in yep. the mix. Yep. So, you know, here, yeah. one of the counter arguments that Jeff Minner also makes is like, hey, there are other there are other clones of Tempest 2000 out there on the Android market currently. Yep. It's on iOS, too. Sure. Uh-huh. And Atari's not doing anything about those games. Nope. Or at least not in a vocal way. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes, but right. they did go after those Battlezone, that Battlezone game, Vector That's Tanks. Right. That's right. And they had, they made them pull that off the store. Yeah, so there was that a was, really... That was a really good game. So there was a really cool um, vector-looking tank game, essentially Battlezone. It wasn't even it wasn't even as close to Battlezone as these games are yeah. to the original. But but they still successfully took that game down. It w- well, it felt like Battlezone 2000, kind of. Like, uh-huh. it was like if, like, if Battlezone was made today, this would it be like. Yeah. And uh, Atari felt like it was too close to their original game. Sure. And those guys said, listen, we're just like two guys making a game. We don't have money to fight Atari. So they just took it down. And that's right. It. So it's too bad. Yeah. That was a good game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think... This is what Atari does, though. And this is what they've always done. I don't understand why they wouldn't try to work with these guys to... To legitimize I don't know, some of these games, they're not protecting their IP. Obviously, I mean, if you see all the, the crap they've put out in the past, mm-hmm. you know, ten years, they obviously don't care much about their IP. So why they're, they they to go around? I don't know. It's just poor, poor business practices always. From Atari. Well, I mean, they. I think from their perspective, first and foremost, they say we're we're protecting our our property, our our license. You know, we're the license holders of these games. We get to say what goes out with, under that name and what doesn't. Yeah. So it's not a free-for-all where anybody can just put out one of these games. Whether we put our name on it ultimately or not, you know, we still are kind of the deciders of whether or not it fits our vision of what that property should be. You know, like maybe they want more creative control. Maybe they want more input into the making of some of these games. Um, who knows? It's nonetheless, though, it would make them some money, which Atari has been struggling to do for the past few years. Yeah, few. <laughs> if if some of these games were actually sold, you know, these are you know these aren't just cash ins on the names of some of these old games. They're they kind of retain the core gameplay and what people associate with these games. So yeah, it hurts fans of of the genres that these games represent when you're denied the ability to enjoy some of these updated ports. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of too bad for us as fans to see these games being harassed and taken down yeah. and so on. Um, but it would help all the parties involved if they just kind of talked a bit more about it. Well, I mean, like I was telling you, uh, Jeff Minter's been playing with fire. Like, I don't, I don't know how he gets away with stealing all these, like, video game sound samples and graph. Like, he steals actual pixels from, like, so many games and... 
he how does he get away with that? He reworks them into new creative. It's cra- Every time um, I play one of his games, I'm like, man, how does he do this? It's crazy. <laughs> He's got like Pitfall in there and Robotron, and uh huh. But it's it's a totally different game. Uh, but he, he sees it as either a parody or as an homage to the games that. Are I, I, yeah. influences. I mean, he's great. I love his. I own all his games, sure. but it's. I always laugh. I'm like, he has like My Little Pony samples, and it's like it's like it's like a remix of all the games yeah. you've played. You know, it's like how does he not get sued like crazy for these things? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I I, I think there's some element of fair use that he thinks maybe maybe he some of these things should fall under, but but I don't know. It's. Um, it's definitely thin ice, and I guess this is a point where he's running into the wall. Uh, well, so we've got one final thing, I guess, to talk about, and that's uh, Nintendo, of course. We always save Nintendo for last. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and this is uh, news that they're uh, about to enter the smartphone uh, arena through a partnership with um, a company called DNA which we have some experience with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so pretty much they've been kind of doing what... They, they, they want to do what some people have been saying they should do, which is take advantage of all the smartphones that are out there in the market. Right, yeah, the millions and millions of mm-hmm. actively being used yeah, we talked gaming about, machines. We talked about that very recently, and, you know, we're not saying... We predicted it or anything because everybody's been saying this. Oh yeah, this is, uh, this is uh, you know, uh, fans and analysts alike have uh-huh. been saying this for a long time that Nintendo should take advantage of how desirable some of their properties are by putting it in the hands of hundreds of millions of of uh, mobile device owners. Yeah. Um, so they're saying that they're going to be developing. Um, they're not doing straight ports of any of their existing games, and it's not like they're going to take Super Mario Brothers from the NES and put it right on a smartphone. That's what they say. And, okay. and, you know, that they're not going to just, like, crowbar it in there with touch controls or anything. I don't see why, why not. I mean, that would be a great idea, but okay, whatever. Well, they say they're going to develop new and original games. Okay. They're going to use some of these, some of their properties. And, you know, something that would fit the either the form factor or the input method so of these devices. we're going to get Mario Jump, right? Uh, maybe. And uh, at a very simple level, that's one thing they could Yoshi's do. Yoshi's Cookie Cruncher. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi's Cookie Cruncher Saga. So yeah, <laughs> uh, they can't use that saga word. That's what got. Oh, the, that's right. They can't do that. That's what got some of the, some other uh, companies in trouble. Yep. Um, but yeah, I could see I could see some of that happening. Uh, the trouble, though, the, what what worries some people is the nature of DNA and and the other types well, of games they put the out. That's the whole thing. I mean, I, I would love to see those games. Actually, I don't mind. Like mm-hmm. Candy Crush is a good game. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's the whole in-app purchase stuff. Yeah. That, People know, and this is what DNA is notorious for. Like, their whole business model is based off of, here's the game for free, we're going to charge you for everything. Mm -hmm. But we do it in a way where you're going to want to do it. You're going to want to spend a dollar for this, a dollar for that. Right. Um, But in the case of some DNA games, it's not just a dollar. It's like $50. Oh, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, think of it almost like a fine machine. They're very good at making a lot of money. Basically, like, almost like gambling. Right. Uh, a lot of their games have some like a randomized function, where uh, and because and, they're very more, I would say they're a bigger company in Japan and China than they are in America. Yes, I think they only have about twenty games in they're, America. They're based but, in in Japan. Yeah, so they're more like overseas. So it made sense that Nintendo chose them as yeah. a partner because they're probably that's the more aware of of the kind of success they've had in their own market. So yeah, 
So a lot of their games have like this kind of random element where it's like, all right, pay five dollars, we're going to give you this random mm-hmm. item, you know, and right. then you get this item and whatever. You buy another item, and these two items work together, and right you just keep putting more money into this game. Although I'll say the way the way it works in this Transformers game that I've been playing, I, I, I and I've somehow I've been able to play this game without really putting any money into it. But that's just like that comes at the cost of a lot of time instead. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> um, but even apart from that, your first attempt might be five dollars. But then if you want to, if you don't get what you like and you want to try again, now it's eight dollars. Oh, and the next time you want to get, you, you want to try again. Now it's now it's fifteen dollars. That's how they work. Yeah. Right. But and and supposedly your odds increase with each try, mm-hmm. but the cost also goes up it's, significantly. It's gambling, really. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. So I mean, Nintendo's been dabbling with this a little bit. On yeah. their own, on on the 3ds and so on, so they're they're sort of trying to fumble their way through the whole in-app purchase thing. So I think through this partnership, and because of DNA's experience in the market and their infrastructure that's already kind of in place, um, you know, in terms of servers and in terms of their kind of unified purchasing system. Like in other words, you can go in and buy their currency that can be used across all of their games. You know, things like that. So they're probably trying to do something similar to that. <clears throat> and as part of this news, they say that the partnership with DNA will, that's going to be the replacement for, the for, for Club Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of, you know, whether yeah. you buy, whether you buy a physical 3DS cartridge or you buy a Wii U game or you buy, you know, currency in, you know, one of these mobile games, it's all going to be part of one big pool and it's all going to be one system that works across yeah. all of their systems um and among that system of course is this new system that's been announced the nx yeah that's the code name for nintendo's next generation system we're not even going to call it a console because we don't know if it's going to be a console or a handheld or a hybrid of the two so this this was like the hail mary pass to please investors Mm -hmm. he was like all right guys we're finally going mobile and yeah we're gonna have a new console too Right. But we're not going to tell you about the console until next year. <laughs> uh-huh. So, really, it's probably, like, on paper right now. They don't even, you know, who knows what kind of stage it's in development. Mm-hmm. Could be just be an idea they have. But we may not see this console for two years because, I mean, usually when you announce a console, that's usually your current console's on its way out. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird for them because they're still supporting the Wii U as a current machine. Sure, and they want to convince people. I mean, they have that Zelda coming out. They want to convince people that it still has life in it. Yeah, and by saying you have a new console coming out, that's just saying, "All right, Wii U's done." It's kind of putting the brakes this on things. This is going to be it. This is going to be the last. Um, not saying that it is, and obviously they haven't actually done no, that. But typically, in the but past, that's if you read between the lines, and you get the, you know some people might get that impression to so say, oh, and Nintendo's Zelda's already talking the about last, their next system. Uh huh. But we don't know anything yet, so right. I mean, we don't know what this console is, what it looks like, what it does. Yeah, it may not even be hardware. It could be who knows. Maybe it's a smart device. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Interestingly, PC is in this mix too. Which yeah, yeah. I guess well their um, their um, DNA deal was also PC mm-hmm. right so a lot of their those games will run on, on yeah, a browser or I think so on the desktop yeah. yeah and I don't really have a problem with that stuff I mean who who's gonna say oh I don't want more Nintendo products like <laughs> why would anyone say that it's like all right Nintendo has the opportunity to make more games they may not be games you'd want to play but yeah. 
You know, who, who cares? It's like, all right, that's cool. I like Nintendo. It's probably people that are very protective of Nintendo oh, games. Yeah, that's what it is. They don't want to see bad games come out. Uh, but what's what's considered a bad game? I mean, I don't know. They're not all hits. I, I think there's current games on the machine that aren't that good. So, mm, right. It's all like, you know, who's the judge? Yeah, I've seen I've seen questions though come out about what kind of games do you think should come out on mobile platforms? And my impression is that it should be any kind of game that doesn't require you to have any kind of snap reaction time uh, twitch games that would require you to fumble with the controls well, well, like those they just released that puzzle they adapted the puzzle game the puzzles and dragons DS and stuff yeah and that's a good example of a, sure. a smartphone game that works great on 3ds any and, kind of puzzle game like that yeah. i'd say obviously pokemon's a big candidate for that sort of a thing um any rpg that's turn-based or can you know doesn't really really re- require physical controls that you can just drag on the screen instead yeah um, Advance Wars would be perfect, I think. But yeah. but I don't know. I mean, Advance Wars is a great example because that can go online, you know, through smartphones, and now you have, you know, yeah, it, sure, you can do multiplayer yeah. type of gaming. I don't know, but uh, they haven't explicitly mentioned no, anything other yeah, than the fact it's, that it's coming. So it's way too early to even approach to what what what, mm-hmm. what how they're going to do this. So I don't know, right? But it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. So, uh, I guess, uh, this probably wraps it up for now. Okay. <laughs> if that's okay with you. Uh, yeah, I can have some tea and... You need more rest, I think. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm trying to hold in, like, coughing and sneezing. Mm-hmm. So it's been You're doing tough. a good job. It's been tough. All right, well, we'll, we'll say thanks for listening. And, yes. uh, please... Until next week. Join us next time. We'll have more to say then. It's April. I think it's going to be April next week. Pretty soon. Might even be the first of April. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Weird things happen. I know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so I'm done. I'm signing off. All right. Me Thanks too. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>